This podcast contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. My name is Sarah Northrup, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Oh, Lord. Have you been on the internet? Since we started talking? No. I just got a flurry of fucking emails. Your buddy Chef Jeff is a fucking pervert. What? Apparently he's been harassing women for years, and now Chef Jeff is a pervert. trending on Twitter. Oh, my God. Some lady... They did makeup, came forward with this blog post, and then the motherfucking floodgates opened up. People telling all sorts of crazy-ass stories. This fool is nasty. Shannon, what are we going to do? I'm about to go on Raven Live with this guy. I don't know. Does he know what's going down? Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network and to another edition of the Culture Wrap. I'm Alec Count and I'm a podcast editor with the Daily Emerald. I'm Sarah Rosa Davies and I'm the arts and culture editor for the Emerald. And we have a new face in the booth today. It is Casey Crowley and I'm a news reporter with the Daily Emerald. All right. And we are here today to talk about something that has been in the media pretty frequently ever since it came up and that is Aziz Ansari. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's we're kind of going to talk a little bit today about the whole Aziz Ansari situation, if you haven't heard, wow, first of all. Um, but basically, uh, Babe, which is an online publication um, for like young women, it's run by, I think, Tablet Media. Uh, they published a story about a woman who, um, an anonymous woman who they named Grace for the story, who um, details a bad sexual encounter with Aziz Ansari. And it's a very interesting piece to look at because I was reading... I read it initially and I was mad because I was like, oh, Aziz Ansari, this person who I've known to really make interesting and intriguing and like, I think, frankly, feminist art from a male perspective, um, you know, this piece accused of him, this piece accused him essentially of sexually assaulting this woman when a lot of people are responding to the piece and saying, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's we need more nuanced, you know, ways to talk about sexual assault, especially with the Me Too movement. But I mean, there's just kind of layers upon layers to this situation, especially with how the piece was reported. But it's been bringing up this conversation of can you distance artists from their art and what happens when an artist you like or an artist you really like their art, you know, does something like that. Can you reconcile that? I don't think that that's been a conversation that's necessarily happened with Aziz Ansari thing yet. Yeah, is the article titled, I went on a date with Aziz Ansari. It turned into the worst night of my life. And it seems, yeah, we've certainly been getting a lot of perspectives on what the definition of consent is, um, if what kind of behavior especially is appropriate in, in sexual encounters. And it's been a really interesting addition, I should say, or, or, or event in the Me Too movement, because a lot of these we've had very explicit um, accusations and, and you know, departures of, of people like Harvey Weinstein. And then this one seemed to kind of ask for a more nuanced conversation, and, and people aren't immediately decrying Aziz Ansari. I mean, there's certainly a lot of acknowledgement of like what he did was pretty you know, raunchy and certainly inexcusable, certainly aggressive. But then, of course, this this position of grace and, and just how the events of the night unfolded have brought up a lot of questions as to, you know, who, where, where does the responsibility lie? And certainly a lot of that is on Aziz. A lot of it is just simply on how we view sex and how we're educated on sex. But like you, are, like you were saying, 
this idea of, and this is a pretty old idea as well, but something that, you know, can we distance the artist from their art? Aziz Ansari having a pretty good career. Um, I'd say it's probably at its pinnacle um, in recent years. He has his book come out, Modern Romance, which of course is a little bit of irony on top of the babe.net story. But he has uh, Modern Romance come out. It's a bestseller. You have the first two seasons of his show, Master of None, um, very critically acclaimed, a Netflix original. And yeah, it's, he just seems like he's having the best time of his career. And this comes amid that. And so, you know, if we could just talk a little bit, I guess, about specifically Master of None first, since that's been one of the bigger pieces of his of his oeuvre uh, thus far. Um, what did you think? Well, so Master of None, the second season was absolutely like one of my favorite TV kind of seasons of 2017. Um, I remember watching, first of all, the Thanksgiving episode. Um, and then maybe I forget if this episode is from the first or second season, but the one where um, it parallels kind of the story of this woman walking home at night. And I think one of either I forget if it's Aziz's character himself or one of Aziz's friends, but like it parallels their nights out and the woman is walking home and it kind of portrayed like, oh, my God, this is what it's like to be a woman at night. Um, and I saw that episode and I was like, holy you know, like there's something um there's something about this episode that I don't think has been really showed on TV before is that 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 parallel of um kind of what it's like to be a woman and alone at night and feeling like you're being followed and all that stuff that is kind of a regular occurrence for for women and to be able to like have a male run TV show do something like that like obviously it shouldn't be that special like I feel like men should all treat women well you know and that's but. And that's not something that, like, we should always applaud men for because it's just a basic thing. But I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, Aziz, cool. Like, that's nice. <laughs> and so after hearing the story, I was definitely like, I've I've been split, you know. I because That's a really creepy thing he did to Grace. I, I also think some of the fault is on Grace. And it's really hard to reconcile um, because that's a gross stuff he did. But it's also like, I don't think we can put him up there with Harvey Weinstein. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, I wrote an essay just for myself about like what it's like when your favorite artists do things that aren't ethical and aren't good. Like, I frankly, I sometimes still listen to the music of people who I know have sexually assaulted women. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's hard because I their music might mean so much to me. Like, there's... um. There's this band called Pine Grove that I love, and the lead singer recently, um, like, came out and wrote this really weird post on Facebook about kind of his relationship with women and having relationship with fans and, like, the power dynamics there and, like, came out and addressed, he was like, someone's gonna tell you guys something soon about, like, a sexual encounter we had and I just wanted to put this out there. Um, this it's this really weird contrived Facebook post and it made me feel really uncomfortable and yet I still listen to his music. Um, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, Casey? Yeah, um well at least for Master of None, I think like the characters in the the female characters I think are really well done, especially the two main uh love interests he has in it, uh in the first and second season. They're both like fleshed out interesting characters they're not just a love interest for you to look at or for you to be like oh that's his girlfriend that's all she is and that's definitely not what they are um and i mean it yeah it's hard to decide are you gonna watch 
his show if he's been accused of this. Um, I think specifically for Aziz Ansari, for me, because of how this, how gray the situation is, whereas many others like Harvey Weinstein has was black and white. Like he did really bad stuff, and like I never want to see another movie made by him. And I don't think he should have a career in Hollywood anymore. Um, but with Aziz Ansari, I think if when and if uh, Master of None season three comes out, I'm definitely gonna watch it. And I think Netflix is still planning to do it because they haven't. I feel like if they weren't, they would have canceled it like right after it. Well, I read an interview after season two came out with Ansari where he said, I don't know if I can do Master of None season three. Um, because he said, he said, I think the character Dev is at a point where like, I don't know where he's going because he's so similar to a point, like at the same point in Aziz's life, Ansari's life. Um, he was like, I think I'd like have to get married and like have kids in order to write season three of mm. Master of None. And that's like the last I've heard about that. And that was way before the scandal, which in retrospect is kind of interesting if you think about that like him being like i feel like i need to kind of grow up before writing master of nine season three like thinking about that now i just made that connection that's really interesting yeah and there's so many kind of weird nuances to aziz especially as he's kind of communicated this idea of consent through both his book modern romance which i've read and then also a particular episode called the dinner party in season two um you know, modern romance was this big, you know, he teamed up with a couple sociologists to really explore what romance means in the modern day, what it means to, you know, in the age of technology, and especially in contrast to previous generations, you know, what does dating, what does romance mean? And it's a very detailed account. I mean, it's very personal. It shows a lot of his own humor inside of it. Uh, the dinner party uh, episode is interesting because it talks about chef Jeff, who's his mm. close friend. Um, they end up hanging out. He's kind of like amazed that he's friends with this big, you know, food icon. Aziz Ansari is a big lover of food. <laughs> um, and that definitely makes its way into all of his writing. But, you know, later on, chef Jeff is seen as being a very creepy person, especially towards women. And, you know, in the episode they're on TV and, I believe Dev comes out in the character as his character Dev comes out and you know publicly says you know this is not okay on television says you know you you're being a creep and so yeah it's this really interesting part where it's almost kind of like coming back on Aziz Mm -hmm. I mean it's obviously a nuanced argument um but yeah I mean it's kind of interesting to see especially you know with Weinstein with Kevin uh, Spacey, we didn't have someone who had this kind of body of work that tackled this subject before. And now we have an artist who's seeming to almost somewhat contradict himself. And at the same time, you know, he he has, you know, a a message that he's obviously shared before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about kind of how we think about celebrities and the work they do. how like sometimes we hold them to pedestals especially if they've done work that's like socially conscious before we hold them to this pedestal that they haven't made mistakes and they haven't not been socially conscious like we all fall in and out of things so I think I think finally this is a sorry thing as much as it is making me be like you know it's making me frustrated I also think it's bringing up this important conversation of when when people make woke art you know like why are we holding them to the pedestals of like you have to be woke all the time why are we all like i mean i think it's really important to obviously be socially conscious but it it brings up this conversation of are we 
Are we holding people on pedestals? Are we holding ourselves on pedestals, expecting ourselves to be constantly like, you know, like, I wonder if Aziz Ansari, like the way he's addressed it, I wonder if he's now maturing because of that. Like people can mature from these things. So. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's important to not put celebrities too high on a pedestal and going off that kind of, I feel like you can separate someone from their work like pretty well because, and it's important to do that because if you don't, then you're just gonna be like, oh, they're this character in the show. They're exactly like that in real life. They're this perfect person that they put out there when in reality, it's probably just either not an actual character or what they want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And with Aziz Ansari, I guess, I think maybe with the situation specifically, it seems like maybe that's something that he had never done before. I mean, I have no idea and nothing to base that off of, but I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that he, especially since it's not like an extreme case where it was just like blatantly like rape or anything like that. Um, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that he could change and not do this uh, ever again. And I really hope that he doesn't or any celebrity does anything like that again. and i was gonna say too like the way the we touched on this a little bit at the beginning but the way the babe story is reported definitely doesn't give doesn't doesn't do the situation justice the babes the babe story is so quick to um first of all they they gave him like five hours to comment which is not great not great journalism but the whole um the way it's reported there's a, a lot of editorializing there's a comment um that Grace shows, you know, shows the reporter her, like, what the outfit she wore that night to kind of make a point about, like, you know, like, woman wearing stuff doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, that they're saying yes to sex or anything. Um, yeah, I believe the comment is, you know, it was a good outfit. It was a good that, outfit. That's from the reporters. That's from the reporters, yeah. Which is obviously trying to, you know, as a reader, make you sympathize with Grace as, you know, it. she looked either you know there's two other two ways you can look at it as oh she looked really good and she didn't kind of deserve this or it was a good outfit maybe aziz is kind of this predator because mm-hmm. it was a nice outfit as kind of as part of that conversation of oh she asked for mm-hmm. it and that that's kind of trying to paint aziz as someone who you know looked at that and attacked that and yeah. there's also a comment on um you know wine preference where they order wine and there's kind of an uh, a weird kind of detail that oh it was not Grace's favorite kind of wine that he he was adamant about getting I think it was white wine and she she liked red wine more or, or vice versa and so that's a detail that really doesn't make its way into kind of the climax of the story it is it's pretty inconsequential mm-hmm. to the actual situation that unfolds afterward but it's this situation where it's obviously the reporters trying to say Grace didn't get what she was wanting that Aziz was adamant about getting mm-hmm. what he wanted that for some reason his choice of wine is reflective of his aggressive behavior in the bedroom which I mean there might be an argument there to be made but it's certainly as a journalistic detail is really inconsequential to the rest of the crux of the story yeah um going off the the comment about her outfit in that um the fact that like she would uh the writer would include that about how she thought the outfit was good kind of makes it seem like maybe it was written with some type of agenda mm-hmm. which if it was I, that's just you shouldn't be doing that especially with something like sexual assault you should not be like going out there and wanting to take anyone down you should be have victims or someone come to you and be like okay i want to tell your story because i believe you and it's a good or a story that needs to be told 
Um, and I think Sarah Rosa, you mentioned this before, um, when we were on the way over here, uh, that apparently the writer had reached out to the victim and not the, the victim, the victim had not reached out to the publication. So that's like even more, it seems like the writer wanted to do something specifically like highlighting someone who'd sexually assaulted someone. Yeah. And I was going to say, there's this great, um, opinion piece in the guardian that i was reading by uh let me look up her name uh jill filipovic i don't know how to pronounce that where she kind of talks about i mean the title of the piece is the poorly reported aziz ansari expose was a missed opportunity and she goes into the nuances of kind of how the reporting of the story um makes you know does a lot to like instead of like lifting up the victim and like telling her story and like being good journalism and just like you know like exposing this instead it like it it capitalizes on the me too movement and it capitalizes on all these things which you know was not what it was intended to do in some ways it was intended to like well maybe it was intended to gain traffic and to capitalize on the me too movement we don't know but there's kind of this nuance there but there's a quote i want to read um that i think we're kind of getting at that it's um with her with the reporter seeking out the victim it says it seems to have been reported only because there was a celebrity name attached and not even because the celebrity broke the law or leveraged his power to do wrong but because he was sexist and sexually entitled while despicable that's shaky grounds for broadcasting an individual's sexual play-by-play as a result we're arguing about whether aziz ansari is a sexual assailant and missing the more relevant conversation about sex male entitlement and misogyny in the bedroom which I think is a good way to summarize, like, the whole situation. It's not reported well, and it's such a missed opportunity to, like, do some actual good work. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, one other side I guess I'd like to talk about is is with these big media, you know, pieces that we have with Master of None, this is a story that's created by many people. It's not just Aziz. I mean, it's co-written with Alan Yang. Um, so, I mean, even Master of None, I guess, as a specific kind of media, is it's it's always been co-written and it's been a co-project by the two of them. It's not just Aziz's. So that's, I guess, an important distinction to make. But th- these shows are a good example of, you know, th- they're made by many actors. They're influenced by so many people, by so many different writers, by so many different production people that is, you know, is it a disservice to all of these people to mm. immediately write off these shows and films because of someone like Aziz, which obviously Aziz has a lot of power in how the story is told and who it's fe- who it features. But I mean, especially I think Master of None is a great example as well, because so many episodes are not about Aziz. So many episodes mm-hmm. are not about his character, Dev. I mean, you have um, one, I mean, religion uh, that does feature Dev, but that really tackles the idea of you know, growing up in the United States as someone who is not a devout Muslim and trying to kind of bring that to the forefront with your family. Uh, the Big Sick is a movie that does a really good mm. uh, job of exploring that as well. Um, you have New York, I Love You, which was maybe one of my favorite episodes, Me which too. is just all these different vignettes of different people in New York experiencing so many different things. You have a deaf couple, you have cab drivers, you have lobby men. And it's just like, there are so many awesome, I mean, that that show is that episode is not about him. It's about a lot of other people. And uh, one other good one is like you said, Thanksgiving where you have Denise and this exploration of kind of being gay and that relationship with her family, especially as being like a, a, a gay woman of color. So there's just so many master and not is such a, a difficult thing to tackle because there are so many different stories that come through it. And I think to write it off because of Aziz 
specifically is a disservice to a lot of these other people who are trying to tell their stories with it. Um, you know, Birth of a Nation was a good example. That was a movie that came out in 2016, not the original KKK Birth of a Nation, something that was kind of trying to I guess, reclaim that title. Um, directed by Nate Parker, telling the story of Nat Turner and the Rebellion. And that movie was at Sundance. It had great marks. It was supposed to be this big Oscar movie. Everyone thought it was going to you know, take the cake. And it, come out, it came out that uh, Nate Parker and the co-writer uh, Gene McGiani Celestin, I, I don't know, obviously mm-hmm. not pronouncing that correctly, but that the, um, there's a lot of press around a 1999 alleged rape that the two of them enacted. And so the victim committed suicide as well in 2012. Wow. And so this was a really big story around the time, around this discussion as well of, you, can we appreciate Birth of a Nation, which is obviously this really important story about Nat Turner that included, you know, this big production team that included all these actors, all these people who were, you know, trying to make this great piece of media. And, you know, it basically after these stories kind of started surfacing. Uh, Parker was later acquitted. Celestian was not retried. He was initially convicted, but it was overturned on appeal. But, you know, even though there was necessarily no legal ramifications, no no actual legal broken laws kind of with disease, um, you know, the movie got shot down. It, it didn't make any Oscar splash. It essentially was erased from the big discussions of movies that year. And, you know, the question of, you know, can we obviously this is a much more significant situation regarding rape. But, you know, is it possible to enjoy Birth of a Nation without, you know, its directors? And it brings up like Louis C.K.'s art too, like all these different people. Like, I mean, there are a lot of, I think, things in like Louis C.K.'s act that I've seen that I'm not a super big fan of. But also I think there's some stuff that he does that's really smart and it's like. I don't, I think the answer for me is I don't know. I think it's a case-by-case basis for me. I think there are some artists who, if depend, like, I don't want to say it's, like, depending on the things they do and depending on how that aligns with their art, I think it's, like, important to always be having these conversations. I don't think it just ends. You know, I don't think we can just say you can separate an art from, the, an artist from their art, and I don't think you can say they're completely intertwined. I really do think it's a case-by-case thing because... People do things. People's art represents different things. Their intentions with it could be different. Like, I don't know. When our interactions with their art mm-hmm. is different as well. We That's all have true. different interactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with uh, Louis C.K. especially, I know that his comedy and shows are usually... He, he talks about sexuality a lot, too, in a very different way than Aziz Ansari. It's more of a kind of a parody of, like, a sexist is mm-hmm. what it seems like. Um but it makes you wonder now that since he's been alleged, if it really was a pair to him or like how much that relates to his real life and like what he'd done. Um, I don't, I'm not that informed about either Louis C.K. or exactly what he did. Um, but mm-hmm. still, it's an interesting question about what yeah. happened there. Um, and yeah, I definitely think it's a, obviously a case yeah. by case basis. Like, I feel like it should stay a question, you know, we shouldn't just be like, this is how it is because that that's dangerous and then maybe part of that too is looking at how we report these things um for in the case of for example kevin spacey there was some reporting done on how you know they suspended production because a lot of his co-workers co-stars whatever um did not feel comfortable speaking or being on being on set with him but 
you know, coming back to this idea of it's it's an ensemble effort to make these things. You know, it'd be I'd really love to see stories talking to people who work on these things about not just how they feel about Aziz, but how they feel about their show in respect to Aziz. Mm-hmm. Like, do they feel, you know, does do the actresses and actors feel like they can still be on the show and appreciate, you know, the storytelling and what it is, despite Aziz's status, notoriety now, I guess. Well, like how they wrote out um, Kevin Spacey's character from House of Cards. Like, they're continuing the show, but without him, which I think is a really interesting choice. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, yeah, it's a definitely a good ongoing discussion and something that really requires, you know, this, I mean, that's, you know, even a big philosophical idea of can we separate the artist from the art? So that's all we have time for today on the Emerald Culture Wrap. For once again, I'm Alec Cowan. I'm Sarah Rosa Davies. And I'm Casey Crowley. You can subscribe to the Emerald Podcast Network on iTunes and SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Please let us know what you think in the comments. And and you can stream these episodes directly on dailyemerald.com. Our theme music is Summer Dreams and West Coast by Ryan Little. Thank you for listening. Although, just so you guys know, even before all of this, I consider myself a feminist. Really, Arnold? A feminist is a person that thinks men and women should be treated equally. I fully support that. So, my good sir, I'm a feminist.